You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of our Lost Recaps. Uh, we are moving through season one week by week and into episode seven, uh, entitled The Moth. Mm, wonder what this one could be about. Butterfly. Um, yeah, this one. Charlie flashback, uh, the first Charlie proper episode, uh, was aired on November the 3rd, 2004, and is directed by Jack Bender, who did most of the Lost episodes, or the most out of any director, and written by esteemed TV writers Jennifer Johnson <laughs> and Paul Dini. Ah, oh, did Paul! They, of course, went oh. on to famous writing scripts for... I don't know. You don't know about <laughs> Paul Dini? What a legend. Uh, Paul Dini and Jennifer Johnson. When I think of famous lost writers and famous TV writers, <laughs> I just think of Jennifer Johnson and Paul Dini. Um, well, just hang on a minute, Noah. Yeah, Jennifer Johnson. I've read here, Paul Dini has two Boston Terriers called Muggsy and Juice, and they were featured in an episode oh. of Anger Management. So you leave Paul Dini alone. Yeah, okay. That changes my entire opinion on Paul Dini. But, I mean, I'm reading here, he only wrote one episode of Lost, The Moth. Not a good track record there, Dini. Um, and then Jennifer Johnson wrote two, The Moth and whatever the case may be. So, JJ, not Abrams, Jennifer Johnson, not a good track record for you either. So, yeah, uh, the script really was not a highlight of The Moth. And we're still in early days of Lost, where they didn't have the main core team. They had all these other random writers like Paul Dini. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's my rant on the script of this episode. Probably not all of it, but um, I should say, my name is Noah, and I'm a bloody rock god. And my name is Ben, and I'm just a clown with a pretty face who hosts a podcast. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we're into the moth. <laughs> you know, we had the first five the golden five great episodes some of the best television episodes ever house of rising sun it's decent the moth (laughs) (laughs) this is really the first example of lost filler um no pun intended and you know a manufactured storyline not a very captivating storyline the flashback first watch i guess it's okay it's fun to see drive shaft but it's yeah, it's not the best flashback ever. Um, it's probably one of Charlie's better ones, actually. But, yeah, The Moth, the first example of manufactured storylines in Lost. Uh, there's some okay things in this episode, maybe, Ben? Uh, yes, Noah? I don't know why we're speaking so highly. Uh, look, I mean, I probably don't hate on it as much as you do, because I, I actually like Charlie, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a filler one. I mean, there's not a whole lot in this one that really you're going to be talking about in a season or two's time. Uh, you know, we finally hear you are everybody, I guess, and <laughs> we see a bit more of Boone and Shannon than in the last episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I don't think I hate on it as much as you do, but uh, maybe my mind will change at the end and uh, I'll be uh, hanging with Paul Dini and his dogs. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like uh, you could cut pretty much all of this episode except for maybe some of the uh 
some of the flashback and it doesn't make any impact on lost at all like it's not like we have a recurring storyline about jack's bad shoulder going forward or anything <laughs> like that so, um, michael getting the structural integrity of caves i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean he could guess how uh, he can guess watches and he knows about <laughs> integrity of caves so, um, charlie becomes boon yeah. this episode does he not he just wants to do everything uh, i'll do yeah. it i'll do it shut up charlie it was originally written as a boon story yeah. and they just changed the name exactly um, <laughs> but yeah i mean if i have to say one good thing about this episode is we do get to see jack in a lot of pain so that's fun <laughs> yeah. um like, it's great to see Jack for once in getting in a cave in. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I think like what we did with um, <coughs> House of the Rising Sun and White Rabbit, we can pretty much go through most of the flashback. Um, it's pretty kind of separate from the island story. Um, it has its connections, of course, but no big twists or anything. Um, and we start off uh, Charlie and he's in confession, uh, which... I really do like with Lost how they really flush out the characters that Charlie used to be religious and he's still a bit superstitious about it. It's just nice character touches. It's not like Charlie's storyline is Echo or something where it's all about being religious, but it's just an extra layer to his character. Um, we we learn his confession where last night he had relations uh, with a girl and then he had relations with another girl and then he watched... As they had relations with each other. It sounds like a fun night out. I think he's got a um, very good night out. I just, I mean, you know, he's guilty, but I don't think anyone could confess that to a priest. <laughs> I think even the priest there was going, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think this is our Inception flashback for the week where it's like, Shh, younger days of the priest, he's there with two girls. <laughs> Watching them make out with each other. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember my younger days. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, the priest is like, oh, I want to know more about your relations. Um, and then Charlie makes the decision he has to quit the band because this is doing bad things to him. And I mean, it doesn't sound that bad. This is pretty <laughs> drugs. Like, <laughs> sounds like a fun night out for Charlie. Not, he really wants to quit the band. What's wrong with you, Charlie? Uh, yeah, come on. You're not thinking straight. Boone's jumped um, into that point and gone, I'll join. <laughs> you all, everybody. Um, and then we meet Charlie's brother. So slowly as we're going through the storylines and backstories, we get to meet family members of the different characters. Um, so we get Liam Pace. I've always liked Liam. I think I like Neil Hopkins. I prefer Noel. He's kind of <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit like Liam, really. Um, it's a bit on the nose, but... Yeah, Neil Hopkins, he's kind of one of those actors that shows up in just random TV shows as, like, a guest star. So he'll be in, like, all the CSIs and stuff like that. But um, And he doesn't do the best Manchester accent ever, but, I mean, it's okay. Um, but, yeah, what do you think about it? Uh, do you like Liam Pace? I, I've always liked him as a character. I think he's fun. I've never really kind of gone out of my way to think too much about him, to be completely honest. I mean, oh, he's... This is the difference between us. <laughs> I examine the freaking flashback character. Oh, it, it, depends oh. On, it depends on the flashback characters. Nerd. I mean, it, de- it really depends. I mean, uh, he's, Ray he's there. Um, you know, I mean, he, he's a bloody rock god. Um, I, look, I, like, I, looking at his credits here, apparently he was in Nip Tuck. So clearly I remember him from um, that episode. But, uh, you know, he's he's not my least favourite. But I maybe just 
think he's there. I don't, don't have much to comment. Keep an eye out. We'll see him a few more times. Keep an eye out on Liam. I need to um, find out who he was in Nip Tuck now. That's going to burn <laughs> in my brain. Um, so Liam's in the church, and again, stop me if anything comes to mind, but we find out Drive Shaft has been, just been signed. Uh, Charlie, you're going to be a rock god. So convenient timing, just as he confessed to the priest and that he was going to quit the band. Um, and then we get a little bit outside the church. Liam is trying to convince Charlie to stay. Then we get cliche stuff. Of Charlie makes Liam promise that things get crazy. We walk away. We quit the band. Yeah, of course, baby brother. Like, it's a bit like, it's about the music. It's always a little cringy to me. It's a bit cliche. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Charlie's deal is if it ever gets too bad, they're going to quit the band. Uh, and then next flashback... I really like this scene. Everyone has to like this. We get you all, everybody. Um, <laughs> you all, everybody. Doesn't really sound uh, as, too much like it. We heard it before, yeah. though. <laughs> as we mentioned in the pilot, uh, Dominic Monaghan kind of had to improvise, and they didn't really know. And then when it came to this episode, it's kind of a bit different. Um, but, I mean, I guess we can retcon that and fan kind of canon that, the you know, we don't hear all of you all, everybody. So that could be a bridge or a second chorus. Have they ever entire, released it? Like, it's kind of like an egg or Easter egg or no, anything like that? Did they ever? No? I don't think so, no. Um, God, it gets stuck in your head, but it's such a terrible, terrible song. <laughs> um, and just, like, the Oasis stuff is just a bit much for me. But, you know, you all, everybody. I, I could see it being on the radio and people loving it, but then music stops, then saying, this is terrible, <laughs> um, which it is. Um, <clears throat> and then we have Liam singing over Charlie because Charlie's supposed to sing the chorus. Maybe that's why it sounded different. It was supposed to be, you all, everybody. Not just like, you all, everybody. It's like, you all, everybody. Yeah, so Liam ruined it. It's actually supposed to be like how we heard it in the pilot. Um... Then Charlie gets mad and Liam promises it won't happen again. Then he does some heroin. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is the beginning of it. Um, I've written here for the next flashback, Liam backstage with sluts. <laughs> <laughs> Noah said that, everybody. Noah said that, not me. Noah said that. Well, there's like five of them. Like This is like Charlie's story on heroin. Like There's so many of them there. Uh, and Charlie makes them go... And Charlie uh, gets Liam to quit because it was supposed to be about the music, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Liam says, I am bloody drive shaft. Um, Charlie gets sad and his solution is turning to heroin. So this is the beginning of it. it was because of the fallout of the band. Um, and then what we can only assume is quite a while later, we get the reason for Charlie being in Sydney. He's visiting Liam, who's now sober. A nerd. He has his child, his wife. Yeah, he's turned into a bit of a nerd, Liam. Like He's turned into nerdy dad. Going Sweater to rock star. What the fuck? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what happened, Liam? Uh, but, yeah, he doesn't want to rejoin the band. Uh, what was the band they were going to be supporting? Uh, I didn't write it down. Yeah, I didn't. Like, I, didn't I didn't think it was. I, I think it would have been cool if they actually like put down a real band, unless that is a real band. Oh, it's like Willie Nelson always... from an episode ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're supporting. We've got a gig tour supporting Willie Nelson. <laughs> a real band. <laughs> um, yeah, it was something funny. It was like meat something. I, I should have written it down. Um, 
And Liam doesn't want to rejoin the band. Charlie says they won't do it without you. And he doesn't want to go into rehab. He's annoyed with Liam. So, you know, I don't get it on TV shows when people travel long distances and they never tell the other person that they're coming. Like, they travel halfway around the world and just show up on their doorstep. Like, eh, who hasn't done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Charlie leaves and he says, I've got a plane to catch, which, yeah, a little annoyance in terms of, we speak of the great consistency and loss, but later in the season one finale, we'll see that Charlie wakes up in a hotel um, and he's running late for his plane. So, he's on I mean, drugs. you can explain it. You can explain it like he means I've got a plane to catch, as in I'm leaving in the next few days or something, but I don't know. It's kind of a bit... uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad introduction to Charlie, but it's really not the most captivating flashback ever. I like it. We get you all, everybody. Like We we could never not have that, and we've heard so bloody much about Drive Shaft, so it's nice to actually get to see their story. Um, But again, I think this is a flashback that's probably better on the first watch than a 12th watch um but you know it's better than the island storyline i can say that i i don't i mean i i'm a charlie fan so like i enjoy it for what it is and i i feel sorry for charlie because you know he's lying there when he's like you bloody did this to me like i mean okay free will and all that he didn't like grab your head and shove heroin up your nose but um at the same time like he kind of did it because of him and you know, I think we've all maybe been in a situation where we feel somebody else is to blame for our problems. Um, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel for Charlie in this episode kind of full circle and where he started and where he's at. And um, maybe this is where I kind of don't have any overall thoughts on Liam because maybe I think he's a bit of a douche what he does to Charlie. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's... Good to have, I think, the backstory on these characters that, you know, you mentioned about uh, Jin and Sun last episode, how kind of we hadn't really seen a whole lot of them, whereas, you know, we've seen a fair bit of Charlie in the first six episodes. So, kind of, to get a bit of a backstory, like, as you said, finally get to see Dryshaw, finally get to hear the song, um, you know, I think it's 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 interesting. And as a Charlie fan, again, I, I like kind of seeing where he's come from. So, uh, I, I'm maybe not as critical as this as stuff as, as you will be. I think it's just fine. Again, it's not, like, groundbreaking. We don't get to the finale of Lost in Season 6 and go, well, fuck, God, if he hadn't have taken the drugs, then the island wouldn't have, like, stopped. Um, so, yeah. But it's a good point that you make, though, that House of the Rising Sun, we really knew nothing about these characters, while at this point, Charlie is the character we would have known the most backstory about just from learning on the island. Uh, you know, you could say Jack and that, but we didn't really get to... It was too early for us to get to know stuff. Um, so it is kind of a nice dynamic that now we know this stuff, but we just get to see it. We know he's a heroin junkie. We know he's in drive shop. He plays bass and guitar on some tracks. Um, <laughs> and now we get to see that happen. So I think it's yeah, it's nice in that regard. And yeah, it's not an all-time classic, but it's one we need. And it, it's and I don't have major complaints about the flashback portion of this episode. And I think a lot um, of it too is also the, the point is that we want to know why these people are on the plane. You know, it's not like this yeah. is just a, a flight from New York to Chicago. Like, I mean, they're in, they're in fucking Australia. So, like, why the hell are the 90% of the people on this plane Americans and why are they in Australia? So, Yeah. Um, which is interesting when we get to next episode, but we'll save that for next week. Um, so, to the episode proper. Oh, goody, I can't wait to talk about this. Um, 
we start on Charlie playing his guitar again, annoying person at the party with the guitar. Like, why did Charlie have to move to the caves? Um, <laughs> again, we get creepy old Gummy Joe making Charlie go for a walk into the woods. Like, oh no, not again. Um, then we have Jack and Kate arguing about where to stay. This is where the script gets really bad because it's like Jack says. Call me a broken down record, Kate. But the caves have all the water and they have shelter. It's like, oh my god, we're not idiots. You really this need to do a YouTube week. video there, Noah. Your impersonations are spot just, on. Like, come on, we we are not idiots. We saw the episode last week all about the caves. Like, we don't need Jack to give the audience a reminder. And I'm sure the previously on Lost had stuff about it too. So it's like Paul Dini. I mean, you're probably a better writer than I'll ever be, but just no. Can I just point out, um, can I just really want to quickly point out that on Lostpedia, I've discovered that you've got transcripts. And first of all, seriously, whoever has had the time to literally transcribe <laughs> every single episode, they've even transcribed the official podcast, for fuck's sake. Like, they are that <laughs> in-depth. But when you read this scene, just as writing, like as you said, um, I just came by for a few things. This was this was my stuff. He hands it to her. So you're not staying. Call me a broken record, but Kate's a natural shelter and a hell of a safer than living here on the beach. You're mad at me. No, Kate, I'm, I just don't understand why you won't come with me. Us, it's maybe a mile up there. If that, we crashed eight days ago, Jack. I'm not setting up house here. It doesn't like, I know I'm not a professionally trained actor, but like, it's still kind of great groundbreaking landmark television writing there. That just goes to show that if Kill Phil was acted by actual actors, it probably would have been a good movie. Uh, probably not. Um, so yeah, we have that painful scene and we have Saeed again, Saeed and Kate this episode, oh, more Saeed and Kate, sh- Team Falafel, yep. uh, Team Falafel and Freckles, uh, but Saeed has a plan to channel the French signal, um, you know, I'm not complaining, but there is this thing in science fiction shows and Lost, it's not super sci-fi, at least early on, where it's kind of like techno babble, mumbo jumbo, like... Like, he wants to triangulate the signal, but it has to be in three different spots. Um, it, it, it's a bit like, oh, I don't understand, but do your thing. You're doing something with the French woman. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, sci-fi shows kind of have that thing where they just talk about, oh, we've got to diffuse the blah, 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 and do this and do this, and you just go along with the ride. Um, but after that, we get... Uh, Charlie being chased by something. It's not bees this time. It's something else. Uh, which we've upgraded to boar now. Um, uh, and then Locke somehow decides he's an authority figure and he's going to let Charlie ask for his drugs three times and then he'll give it to him. Um, which, you know, Locke, like, he's just playing games like three times. Like, who gave him the authority? I don't like, get it. It's not his drugs. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very TV showy. I mean, if like. you like, legitimately, if somebody says that to me, it's like Ben. If you want to keep watching porn, <laughs> I'm going to take it away from you. But ask me three, three times. times. I want to watch porn. I want to watch porn. I want to watch porn. Piss off! <laughs> don't tell me. But I would just then and there ask three times. Like, why does Charlie like have to take a moment to think about it? Like, you're not that addicted, my friend. If you can actually think of it, just ask for it. All like, oh, I want my drugs. I want my drugs. I want my drugs. Can I have my drugs? <laughs> It's just, and like, what is Locke's? Like, I get his motivation is Charlie has to 
really make it his decision and blah, blah, blah. But it's like three times, like, does Locke just really love games? We saw him playing. <laughs> He's uh, Jigsaw. He's from on. the Saw series. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm going to play three? a little game. <laughs> <laughs> He's just messing with people. You've got three chances. Like, <laughs> it, this episode is very, it doesn't feel natural and it's very, like, television yeah. show, like a bad 90s, like, television show where, you know, there's a cave in and Locke is going to. Uh, give give it after him the third ask and like yeah it's just nothing feels natural in this episode um so you know uh after that we go back to Saeed and he says the signal needs to be triangulated and who is the golden trio that are going to go to the separate places we've got Saeed Captain Falafel we've got Kate the the dynamic duo and who would volunteer to yeah, Boone, of course he's vol- Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Let, me, let, me, let me do it. So I know I, how to do it. So I didn't uh, even say anything. So I like, got to Kate. Kate, I've got this. I'll do it. <laughs> Pops up. So, fine. Um, so, Boone's back after a very quiet Yay. episode last week. He's back in action. Um, so, the deal is they have to go to their separate different places. And you know how we were talking about nothing feels natural and... This is very television scripty. Uh, how are they going to signal mm. the, each other when to turn on the signal? Thank God for illegal fireworks, <laughs> smugglers. Oh, Australia? Why are there oh my Who? God. <laughs> Who's smuggling bottle rockets on the plane? That should be the first episode. Should be like, oh, we can get off this island with these F eighteen Hornets. Thank God for illegal plane smugglers. <laughs> yeah, like this is probably what crashed the plane. The fireworks going off in the cargo. And who is it? Like, is it is it Steve? He's a Doug. <laughs> Doug. Yeah, that's an unanswered question. Who smuggled the bottle rockets? But it it just makes me so like um like so scared to ever fly in Sydney International again. If someone could smuggle all of these through, they're not even like hidden or anything. They're just a whole bag of them. And this is post nine eleven. It's not like this is pre nine eleven where you can probably get away with this shit. This is like tight and, security. And uh, post nine eleven, like this Iraqi guy holding a big bag of fireworks. <laughs> Doug's getting worried. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's cringe. Like I'm willing to forgive the axe and like the billion tarps that they've got on the island. Like there was a tarp salesman travelling or something. But and Jack's little setup, which uh, Sawyer's taken over, he just moves in on. Like, how did he get like those tent poles and like set it all up perfectly? Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to forgive that, but bottle rockets, no, it's too forced for me. Um, I do like Saeed uh, Sawyer moving into Jack's crib. Like, of course, uh, what is it, Arts, later on in the season or in another season, he'll say, why is it that Jack and Kate get the best hearts on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> like, very meta. Yeah. Uh, so, it is kind of like, Jack's got a good crib going on there. He's just abandoning that completely. Um, like, romantic night there with him and Kate. <laughs> and, like, the cave, it's got Charlie playing all the time with Locke perving on people. <laughs> I'm team team beach at this point. Um, and then we have just a little random seat of Kate trying to get electronics off Sawyer, who is reading one of the first times, because this is going to be recurring. I like reading um, Sawyer. Yeah, so he's, this time it's Watership Down. I li- Yeah, I really like it too. He reads the most random books. He reads classics and everything. Um, 
so she tries to get it, and we get a little flirty scene. And he does get, she gets the battery straight away. So and no what a weird there. laptop that is. Have you noticed that laptop? Yeah. <laughs> was that just all laptops in 2004 or is that just weird? I don't know. That's an Australian um, laptop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Hurley and Jack are working on some, carrying some luggage. And Charlie going all boon like, oh, I want to help. Let me help. No, Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> uh, the zip was broken. How convenient. Um, <laughs> just more Charlie screwing up. The great one-liner um, from Hurley, though. Oh, Hurley, can you grab those bags? Oh, could I? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we didn't mention last week, like, short walk, they said. Yeah. <laughs> when they're hiking the, the cave. Snarky. Oh, is, is this the episode where, I'm probably jumping in here, where, like, Charlie's a bit of a dick to Hurley and basically calls him fat? <laughs> so I'm down a belt notch, or is that the next episode? Uh, that's not this one. Oh, that's, oh, that's the next episode with the peanut butter. Of course it is. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> um, so then we have, again, this episode, the first half is really just lots of tiny little scenes jumbled together. But we have, it's almost like they just needed a filler episode with all random scenes. Um, we have Jin nursing his wound, uh, telling Sun to cover up, which kind of a bit of development. She's like, no, I ain't going to do it. Uh, I do what I want. Um <laughs> Whatever, whatever I do, I won't. <laughs> um, Cartman would be great on the island. He, he, he <laughs> you respect my authority. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, I love this scene, Charlie getting into an argument with Jack, which is great. And what happens when the, <laughs> <laughs> the game's completely collapsed? Oh no, what are we going to do? Your two least Jack's favorite characters die. are dead. <laughs> you you're oh, no. <laughs> you were so cheering for death at that point. You're like, yes, both of them dead in one go. Such a disaster. We just moved into the caves. They completely collapsed, and this is definitely not manufactured drama that means nothing for anything and will be resolved straight away. Um, but yeah, it is satisfying to see Jack for once, the the victim, and being in the cave like. <laughs> They didn't make it Hurley or someone. Um, how how does <laughs> it was good. how does Charlie get out? And how does Jack only have an injured shoulder? They are fucking giant rocks. Jack is pinned. He <laughs> comes him. he comes out of it with a dislocated shoulder, and Charlie somehow just goes, "Oh, I survived that." It's like, no, you didn't. You're dead. <laughs> and oh, there's a moth. That must be the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, how is Paul Dini? That's how they um, do that. Dini. Um, uh where are we at so uh i like this little scene of our favorite uh couple yeah you're completely right so i and kate there's something there but i like this little uh discussion where they talk about the odds of uh, getting the signal uh, no worse than us surviving a plane crash yeah we shouldn't have survived uh which only fed fuel to the fire that they were all dead. That's what I wrote, huge, yeah. I was like, well, surely that was uh, a big fuel for the, the conspiracy theory at that point. Yeah, and there's more that we'll get throughout the first two seasons, but that's definitely one to add to the list. Um, and I can see it. That it's kind of, if if you knew that was the answer to Lost, then you could see this scene as kind of being foreshadowing. Um, but it's a nice little scene, how they acknowledge the fact that they all survived this massive plane crash somehow. Um, <laughs> which we later learn out. Well, maybe you know people are getting healed. There's more to it than that. Uh, so Charlie has been instructed to go, go and get help from the beach. 
so Charlie runs to the beach and he talks to Michael and Michael starts gathering a team. Action man Michael this week. Last week he was getting bashed <laughs> the hell out of me. Yeah, how long One day he... later with no wounds. How long has he yeah, been sure. since he's been bashed? He's fine. According to Lost Wikia, we're on day eight of the island right now. So he must have got bashed on day seven or day six. Bloody hell, dude. the healing <laughs> yeah. ability now of his island. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really, Locke and his wheelchair and Michael had no wounds. Um, uh, and then we get, we, we talked about them last week, but we get uh, the first appearance of Scott. No, I'm Scott. He's Steve. Uh, which I love. This will be a recurring joke, Scott and Steve. And this is an example of Damon Lindelof just being a really fun showrunner and putting these little moments in because one of them will actually die. Um, and fun trivia fact, whichever one dies, uh, I think it's Scott who dies, I think. And I love his funeral. Charlie says, sorry, I called you Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I just love this sense of humor in Lost. Not many shows have this kind of just fun, kind of meta, kind of just in-joke kind of type thing. Um, but fun little trivia is that Whoever died, I can't remember if it's Scott or Steve. Say Scott dies. He can't even remember uh, their names. That's like the point. No, that's, that's the point of the joke. <laughs> uh, but say it's Scott that dies. I can't remember which one. The actor who played Steve, uh, the actor who plays Scott, actually then goes on to play Steve in future episodes <laughs> just to make it more. Like, don't you love that? This show does not need to do that, but just for the fans paying real attention, they go to the effort of then getting the actor who played Steve. Uh, to play Scott. Oh, but what I'm happened to the other already. actor who played the other one then? He just got written out. Then he's out. <laughs> Even though he survived. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a bit of a kick uh, in the teeth. <laughs> and Doug, nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Um, Poor Doug. And Sullivan is rash. Fuck Sullivan. We don't like Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit of a... So- he will actually show up in two episodes time. He's kind of annoying. Sullivan's the Walt um, of the, the hidden characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see Sullivan. He's hypochondriac and he's kind of a pain in the ass. But um, so yeah, Scott and Steve first appearance of them. Recurring joke. Keep an eye out for them. Uh, and then okay, so who would have a job that they really need to do and need to make sure that they do this job? But then they find out something more exciting and something more of a chance to be a hero shows up. Who would completely ditch that job? Go off. <laughs> It's boom! What? Someone's trapped in a cave? I need to go. I'm, I'm not doing something important. I need to go and help them. <laughs> so Boone has completely ditched his job that he had that he volunteered for to go off and be the hero. Um, oh, Boone. And, uh, it's been so long. It feels like we haven't talked about Shannon in ages, but we've got a little bit of Shannon where he's telling Shannon what she has to do and she's kind of just ignoring him. Oh, I love it. Which is like, why? Yeah. Which is where? <laughs> Yeah, and so Shannon has some responsibility for once, it, um, and Boone runs off. Uh, God, this is me being a bad host. In my notes, I've got Charlie wants to tell Kate. Yeah, Charlie was. Oh, he doesn't tell her no, that Jack's in the cave. Cause, no, because when he runs off, yeah. when when they basically send him to go back to the beach, and Jack's like, "And Charlie, tell Kate." And then she goes, he's like, oh, I need to find Kate, but then Sawyer overhears. Oh, and Sawyer's yeah, Sawyer. like, oh, I'll, I'll tell her. Can I just, I just want to really quickly point yeah. out, can I just add that, like, you kind of do feel for a bit for Charlie here because, like, this whole cave has just collapsed. He emerges and everybody's not like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> They're just like, where's Jack? 
<laughs> yeah, call the doctor. Um, and I love Sawyer. Uh, Captain Fluff always out. He says, I, I know where to find her and Muhammad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we did skip over it. Again, cringy skip, skip writing and just... Jack and Kate, they have the best bi- uh, huts on the beach and stuff like that. When Jack gets in the uh, landslide, don't you just cringe at Hurley's line? And someone tell Kate! Yeah. <laughs> like, it's day eight. Like, yes, they're buddy-buddy, but, like, like, why does someone need to tell just specifically Kate? I'm sure Jack made relationships with other people in those eight days as well. Couldn't he just be like, if somebody someone tell, tell Steve! <laughs> <laughs> where's Doug? I thought he moved to the cave. Where is Doug? Jack had such a great relationship. Yeah, I mean, Jack, Doug's supposedly at the cave. Where's but, Sullivan? Uh, like, what are they doing? Why do they need to get Boone and everybody to come from the yeah, beach? Come on, Doug and Sullivan, can't you help? Jin's not helping? Um, like, they're just late. Oh, it's just Jack. We're on Team Noah here. We hate Jack. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a bit cringy. Um uh, someone tell Kate. <laughs> um, so, moving on, we have uh, Michael and and the team, Scott, Steve, everyone else <laughs> arriving at the caves. Uh, again, fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, why is it that everyone involved in Saeed's little uh, B team kind of thing has to be here? Like, all right, Kate, I know I can trust you on a job, Boone. I'll give you a chance. But why? This is really important. And then both of them freaking leave. And like, why? But surely they need... Like, can't they find Saeed <laughs> and be like, oh, well, surely this whole little triangulation thing can wait for five minutes. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it right now. Like, someone just tell Saeed. God damn it. Like, I mean, he's an Iraqi guy. Like, he's been the war. with building... Like, honestly, it's not like they have to do this in five minutes otherwise they're going to miss their chance. It's literally... You can do this whenever. It's taking you eight days to do this now. A guy is dying in a cave. Oh, it's all right. He'll be fine as long as we can understand the French woman. <laughs> I, that's such a good point. <laughs> I know Shai wants off the island. <laughs> no, it must be done now. Screw Jack. <laughs> I would not admit defeat. <laughs> Like, yeah, someone just find Saeed and say, hey, uh, Jackson, situation, can we continue this tomorrow? <laughs> um, and also, isn't it just convenient that, you know, Kate has to leave, uh, and who takes over? Sawyer. Boone has to leave. Who takes over? Shannon. Who were the four or five people who were on the mission that are the only ones who know about the French? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how convenient. Uh, but then you have to imagine, who's that other random random Puerto Rican woman um, who's with uh, Shannon on the beach gossiping? Like, and, why isn't, she the and why isn't she on the list of that the Wikipedia article of people who stayed on the beach? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for racially profiling. I don't think she's even Puerto Rican. I very much apologise for that. But um, It's Mrs. Sullivan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but isn't... Oh, yeah, Trouble in Paradise. Um, <laughs> they separated. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Sullivan's Day. That's what they're gossiping about. Um, but, yeah, isn't she asking questions? And don't you love that they can't pay extras to talk? So she just, like, points. <laughs> She's <Yeah>. a mute. <laughs> like, we talk about acting in this episode. But, like, you know, like what would Shannon <laughs> even say? Point. She's like, oh, you know, oh, I had to see, like, this guy. Or, you know, she's talking about a guy, of course. She's but that I'm going to do that from now on when I'm with people. If I see something in the distance, like, oh, what's that? I'm just going to point. 
point by saying I get rules with TV extras and that, but it's just like, it's just so bad. Um, but where are we? We kind of jumped all over the place. Oh, yeah. So Michael arrives at the caves. Uh, and again, we haven't had a Michael flashback, but we keep going and getting little tidbits about him. Um, eight years of construction. Because um, it helps in which... a cave collapse. Of course it does. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's cool. Like, we, none of his flashbacks really revolve around his job other than him being an artist. But, um, so I think it's just nice little character touches that don't really mean too much, but convenient for this episode anyway. And we'll see with the raft later on. So that's cool about Michael, I think. Um, if I'm ever on a plane that I know is going to crash, I'm going to literally survey everybody. Who's a doctor? Who's a construction worker? Uh, who knows anything about bees and their wasps and nests and shit? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Hurley kind of does that later on, but... Knowing my luck, um, I'm going to get on a plane crash with just, like, podcast hosts. And it's just going to be yeah. like, I don't know shit about anything. <laughs> well, I, I remember, because I, I am such a fan of Lost, when I was catching a plane, like, a few months ago, it was, like, a small plane, so there, there wasn't many passengers. And I was just looking around, I'm like, this is my cast if I was on Lost. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I have no hope. It was all old people, kids, and useless people. And like, oh no, I'm going to have to be the leader. This is bad. Well, one thing I want to uh, point out too is like when he says like <laughs> when he's in the cave and he's like, "This wall is load bearing." I'm sorry, it's a cave. It's all stone. <laughs> like it's all connected. No one's like Adam and Eve from an episode ago haven't built this house with a load bearing column. I don't even do construction to know that a cave is rock. Every Thing is low hey, come on, Michael knows the integrity of caves. <laughs> um, he was he was in the mean streets of New York, you know, getting abused yes. by Koreans whilst building cave houses in downtown maybe Manhattan. What, maybe that's he was in New York in Koreatown building, and they didn't want him to build there. <laughs> Where I'm from, Korean idea. people hate black people because we built caves wrong. Yeah, when he means where I'm from, he really just means where that one construction site was where <laughs> yeah. they had to tear down Koreatown. He's not meaning United States, he just means that one place. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Charlie comes and tells Locke about the cave in. I love Charlie. Uh, uh, Jack is. Uh, Jack, Jack is uh, a cave. It, it collapsed. Locke just doesn't care. Locke is like, just are people helping him? Like. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, God, finally got rid of that freaking doctor that's a man of science. He doesn't believe in faith. That's good. Um, more for my cause now. Um, but, yeah, these are like, people helping. Oh, that's good. Charlie, do you know about moths? <laughs> God damn it, Long. Not the time to be talking about wildlife. <laughs> like, Long, this is worse than Saeed's timing. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie should be like, can you tell me about this tomorrow, ma'am? Our doctor's dying. <laughs> He's in the cave. This is important. Like, it's like, Just you need to know this. I looked into the eye of the island. <laughs> Told me you need to know about the moth. Shut up, you old kid. Because there's going to be an episode title about it. <laughs> yeah, they called an episode of Lost The Moth. Can you believe that? Um, <laughs> it should have been called The Bottle Rocket Smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's something more exciting. Uh, the silent pointing woman. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Michael and Hurley make contact with Jack. Damn it, he's alive. Um, someone has to crawl through. So, who could do it? I mean, boom. I'm not sure if I'm the only one thinking bit that is, but yeah, boom, yeah, but Walt? Yeah, yeah you meant the cat. Oh, I want to say he dies. 
Aaron, get him in. <laughs> I really need to get and give you to give birth right now. Shut the baby up there. Wham, wham. <laughs> um, yeah, but who volunteers? Could it be the centric character of the week? Oh, it is. Uh, Charlie volunteers because he's been screw up, but he wants to be a hero and he's still, I'll do it. And Michael's going to do it because Michael's really action. I love Michael this episode. Yeah. He's the shining spot. This, Michael and Saeed are the shining spots of this episode. Um, mainly Michael. This is his time to shine. It should have been a Michael flashback. Um, Charlie volunteers. Michael's like, no, Charlie, you can't go. Like, I don't know why they have to turn Charlie down. But uh, then what, what will happen? To, who will take care of your boy if you die? <laughs> like, well, dark. Um and, you know, Hurley's not volunteering. So Charlie goes in. Oh, God. Um, he calls a plug to, like, block follow more rocks. <laughs> Come on, son, you need to be more useful around the camp. Yeah. <laughs> What's Doug doing? How big's Doug? <laughs> Maybe he was in the cave collapse, too. Well, his name's no Doug. He should be good at digging, so. Uh-oh. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> we cut back to Sawyer and Kate, and they're talking about Jack, and then Sawyer accidentally tells her about... Did he do this on purpose, or is this bad writing? Oh, like, was think, he purpose? I don't know. Well, I think, I mean, she was a bit of a dick to him, wasn't she? Like, well, what do you want? What? I mean, that was... Like, I like Evangeline yeah. Lily, but that acting was pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, remember, this is her first ever TV show, so season one, there's some cringy moments with her, but... Um, and definitely heard some Canadian this week as well from her. Um, <laughs> what, are you, you know, what do I want to know about this, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he's in a cave. He's, oh, he's in a cave, eh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I can't tell if it's a, a purpose decision on Sawyer or bad writing. And if it is bad writing, like that's totally out of character for Sawyer or Comment to just slip up on that. Um, so I, you have to imagine he did it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and then, like Boone, Kate just runs off. Yeah. Take care of this, Sawyer. Okay, thanks, so bye. The whole team is... Like, within the space of 10 minutes, the whole team has changed from... Poor Saeed. Sawyer, Kate, Saeed, Kate Boone. Like, Saeed, he is the most competent leader they will ever have. And everyone just completely ditches. Never even gives him the respect he deserves. Like, he would not admit defeat. Um, and this is probably where Saeed and Kate, they, this is where their relationship ends. But, um, <laughs> but we get a bit of it at the end of next episode, a sweet little moment with them. But uh, I think he was bitter after this moment. Um, so we have uh, Charlie climbing down to the cave. God, this episode. <laughs> um, I've written in my notes, Kate shows up, being annoying, makes them dig more. Um, <laughs> Why aren't you digging? It's like, well, thanks for showing up, Kate. Um, <laughs> Shit, we knew we were meant to do something. If only we had oh, a woman oh, to tell us what to do at this point. Oh, well, that's what we're meant to be doing. Thanks, Doug, for telling us this. No, we needed Kate to tell us this. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't hate Kate, but there's times like this where I see why people do hate her. Why aren't you digging? Shut up. <laughs> um, you really need to do a YouTube video. Your impersonations are so good this episode. <laughs> Well, I've heard worse. Um, <laughs> Charlie has to relocate Jack's arm. Is that how you say it? <laughs> relocate? Um, uh, yeah. Undislocate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is just kind of another random just okay scene, seeing as Jack's arm will never play a part in 
anything later on. Like it does the for injury like five is seconds. Like it does for five seconds God, next the, episode. Yeah, when Kate hugs him. No, it's <laughs> when he punches Sawyer. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but it's just like this magical island healing properties. First with Michael and then Jack's arm. Like, uh, Can't so that's heal Boone in a few episodes. <laughs> no, uh, Boone's never going to be healed. Um, <laughs> Boone. I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't get it, but it's just kind of whatever. He has to help Jack's at home. Uh, and then we have that, I think it's a nice little scene of Jack and Charlie in the cave where they're talking about how Jack knows about his... Um, Drug habit. About, yeah, he's a heroin junkie. And Charlie says the cave reminds him of, of confession, which I think is a kind of a nice little uh, loop around to the beginning of the episode. Um and then what does Jack say? Like, hey, I ain't no saint either or something. He says, shut up. I do, I do like just... Ooh, you got some tattoos. <laughs> I just want to say quickly, though, that, like, um, it look, it's very well shot. Like, it's very claustrophobic. Yeah. Like, the, the, the makeup, like, the dirt on their face and how we're like, oh, it's right in our face. Like, we see both Jack and Charlie, like, close up. I think you really do get that sense of, oh, fuck, we're stuck in a cave. Yeah, definitely. I think props to Jack Bender and to the uh, set designers because I definitely agree. Uh, and it's well lit as well, how they just have that little kind of shining with the torch. Um, <laughs> it's a nice little scene between Jack and Charlie, I think. Um, but, of course, Magic Jack just knows everyone's illnesses and everything. Um, and then Charlie says a moth. <laughs> it's a moth! It's a moth! Follows it and they see light and they get out. Um, what? So weird. Charlie and... <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, what? How does he climb? How does that Jack, how does he climb through that tiny confined space with a dislocated shoulder that's just been popped in? He's in fucking agony at that point. Well, it's Jack. He can withstand any pain. <laughs> you got tattoos um, in, like, the Philippines. Ooh. Oh, Charlie and Jack return to the caves. Yeah, they're back. Um, and they say, oh, it was actually Charlie. He... <laughs> He was the one who saved us. Well, it was the moth. But, um, Boone chimes in and goes, it was me. And like, no, it wasn't Boone. <laughs> I, I would love it if Jack just completely disregards Charlie Stewart. He's like, yeah, it was the moth that saved us. And Jack's just like, it was um, me. And Charlie's like, no, it bloody wasn't. It's like, shut up, Charlie. Everyone's like, oh, Jack, good job. Everyone's hugging Jack. Um, yeah, it's a bit like, again, talking about bad scripted television shows. Like, oh, well done, Charlie. Like, oh, the character redemption. I do like Stories. Walt's line. Hey, it's the Doctor. Shut up, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> and Hurley, dude, you rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, groovy. Um, so then we have Saeed lighting his bottle rocket. <gasps> but what happens... Saeed is completely knocked out while working on the transceiver. What? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, kind of random. Yeah. And it will be in our questions, but it gets answered. So it's not it's not completely disregarded, yeah. but it is kind of like, it happens at the end of the episode, then they never really say anything about it. And it's like, I think it's very what? disregarded, like in terms of like, yeah, we get an answer. But even in the next episode, like, if you think about just like, this should be more of a mystery to me, like, yeah. because it's kind of like, uh, they, they, they jump to conclusions that it has to be one of them. I mean, really? Like, who doesn't want to get off the island? Do they re- like? Shouldn't they, this be the first point where they'd be like, "Well, we've found dead bodies on this island. We've found a French woman's transmission on this island. There's a polar. Obviously, other people have been on this island. So maybe shouldn't this be the first time they're like, maybe somebody is trying? I don't know. Like to me, it's just gelled over so quickly in this episode, and even in the next episode, it's just kind of like, oh, I'll sit in the head. Oh well, here's some uh, some band aids. Oh well, cool. Let's move on. 
Yeah, I think definitely. Um, but it is answered eventually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess maybe they do disregard it, but, you know, all the events we see are happening in, like, 10 days. So by the time Saeed has left next week, you know, it's all happening quite quickly. They haven't really had time, but I agree. Um, and then I think once Saeed returns, jumping ahead a few episodes now, uh, they probably just assume it's the others um, and don't think more on it. But I agree. Like, even in this episode, it just happens at the end. I mean, it's the most exciting thing that happens in the damn episode. But but you think about the yeah, early episodes, like the classic five, like when you've got the polar bear and you've got the dramatic music and like, where the hell are we? It's kind of like <gasps> dramatic. Like, this is just like, oh my God, he's being knocked out. Like, fuck. Exactly as you said, like, most exciting. <laughs> the biggest mystery, but it's like, oh no, we need to see this moth. So <laughs> <laughs> We need to see more of Jack. Um, yeah. <laughs> But it's like, can he not catch a break? First his team leaves him. Now he's getting hit and getting knocked out just as he's finding the way off the island. Poor like, Saeed. Losing poor Kate. Saeed. He was he, he had lost Kate. He was on his way to LA to meet up with his long lost lover. Like Saeed's having a like talk about uh Michael. Like, Saeed's having a rough eight days. But I mean um, it does get better for him for a brief time when he gets to bone Shannon for a little bit. I mean, come yeah, on. I mean, <laughs> Can't complain about There's no that. chemistry and they're a terrible couple, but who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> I'd be um, exactly the same with Shannon. We would be at no chemistry and would be a terrible couple, but I wouldn't care. <laughs> I would go for it. Um, I'd go for Boone. <laughs> <laughs> I know you would. Um, He's a beautiful man, Ian Summerholder. Come on. So I love uh, Kate coming up and hugging Jack and it's like, oh, ow, don't do that. Like, Jack, really playing hard to get. First, like, that, he missed his in, and now he's getting hugged. But he's like, oh, no, I'm hurt. That's when he needs to turn around and go, now you know I'm checking you out. <laughs> uh, we have the conclusion of, well, first we should, uh, Kate gives Jack a sling. Oh, my very first sling. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Jack. I like Jack. <laughs> I like Jack. He's being a pussy here. <laughs> that line is like, it's like, that is meant to be like a pickup line. Like, you always have those cute little moments with somebody that you're trying to, oh, but like, I mean, you're a doctor as if like you didn't play doctor with a nurse at some point. Like when uh, you put on Jack's a being a pussy in this episode. Oh, God. Uh, and Kate completely, completely on Kate's uh, bandwagon here. Like she says, Thought you said the caves were a perfect place to live. <laughs> and then, oh my God, talking about bad script writing. Michael has survived checked the integrity of the rest of all of the caves. And they're all fine. He's, oh, he's got a clipboard. I can't even deal with the stupidity. He's oh got a God. clipboard and a pen ticking off the structural integrity of the caves. <laughs> yep, safe. So, like, uh, I, I almost burst out laughing when he said that line. Like, you know, um, he's like the integrity of these thousand-year-old caves. Have you, like, have you, you, I'm sure you would have seen Faulty Towers. There's that episode where Basil Faulty's, like, looking through the window and he gets his hand and pretends to check the wall. And he's like, just checking the walls, dear. Like, you just imagine Michael going around the cave, tapping his hand on the wall. It's just so dumb. And, like, this is supposedly the same night, so he checked the whole freaking cave. It's a Hey, like it doesn't now? need structural integrity. This is fucking rock formed for thousands upon thousands of years. And I can tell you one thing. If just having an argument with Jack caused a cave-in, I'm getting the hell out of the cave. <laughs> <coughs> um, so, yeah, I almost burst out laughing. Like, just adding to the list of bad script writing in this. Like, oh, I, how do we... Exp- 
like, oh, all right, we had this manufactured plot line where there's this big cave-in that means nothing to anything, but how do we make sure that this doesn't actually affect the entire show? Oh, I know. Michael had checked the integrity <laughs> of the caves, and everything is fine. <laughs> they should have gone, um, they should have gone, Boone first checked it out, but then Michael stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> Boone double-checked the integrity. <laughs> Like, I think this is safe. Yeah, I agree with you, Michael. Yeah, it is. Um, so, a little conclusion. We have Charlie asking for his drugs a third time. Oh, no, he gave in. Oh, no. Um, I'd love it if by the time he asked for a third time, uh, Locke was just off his head and he had done took it, taken all the heroin. Uh, can I have it back now? Uh, what heroin? Um, yeah. <laughs> he's dusted like, it I on the pig. Drive shot, <laughs> <laughs> snorting it off the pig's tail. He just stoned everybody on the island. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see his magic juju pace stuff coming up in the Boone episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then Charlie takes it. Oh, but redemption! He throws it into the fire. Yeah, end of episode. Um, <laughs> the moth. The moth. End of the moth. Well, the moth flies away at the end. That's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, Worst metaphor ever, maybe. Um, Yeah, so that will kind of be the end of the drug storyline for a little bit. It's going to play a big role in season two and later in season one. But that's kind of an end of that mini arc that was set up in the pilot. Um, And the end of our first Charlie episode. Whew. God, I don't know what was worse, watching the episode, taking notes for the episode, or having to talk about some of the things that happened in this episode. Um, yeah, uh, so we should get into questions. I mean, I've got one. Do you have any more than that? Um, where's Michael's degree to check out the structural... Ind- I mean, I could, have, I could have come in and said, oh, yeah, I'm a former caveman. I know, like, I mean, do we know this is the truth from Michael? Like... <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't. Jack's just probably saying that to Kurt. And I mean, at the same time, remember, he's making outlandish claims about Koreans hating black people. So, I mean, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Do we really want to trust this guy? <laughs> Contraction for eight years? Yeah. Um, and, of course, where is Doug? Um, <laughs> and then I also have who attacked Saeed is the big question. I think that's really it, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, so, why? What, what is the second verse to you all, everybody? Why is Liam a geek now? <laughs> <laughs> what 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 yeah. were the specifics of Charlie watching the relations with the girls? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who attacked Sayed? Which will be answered in season one. People who say that this show never answered anything. Um, so <laughs> let's get into our ratings. So we buy it if we love it. <laughs> Going to have to be very much on sale. Uh, we rent it. <laughs> Or we've been it if we really, really hated it or didn't like it enough to rent it. So what are you going to do here, Ben? Uh, I'm still going to rent it. Uh, I mean, it's a low rent. I mean, look, I, I again, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I don't dislike it as much as you do, and I'm going to be intrigued to see what you actually do with this. I mean, I still like, I enjoy the Charlie stuff just because I like Charlie as a character, and maybe it comes down to a lot of these episodes with flashbacks and the central character, whether or not you like them or not. Um, and I mean, you look, I, I definitely think it's got issues, especially like with the cave in and things like that. But I don't know, like, as I, I've always been a Charlie <laughs> fan, so I think maybe I can enjoy it slightly better just because I like Charlie. So it's, it's a low rent for me. 
Yeah, I mean, there's some good thing, or decent thing. I'm not going to say good. There's not really anything good in this episode, but there's some decent things. Like, I, the flashback is decent enough, especially early on when we're just getting to know these people. Um, there's some okay character moments, like between Jack and Charlie. Uh, I like the Saeed stuff, and they introduce a new mystery there. We get to see Drive Shaft. So there's some okay things, but I'm absolutely binning this episode. Wow. And this is our first change and i didn't think i would be the first to do a bin in my favorite tv show but you're doing what uh, i did in third watch a nip tuck you're you're doing it with yeah. your, your shows you love that you don't think you ever would but wow yeah but i mean it's true because i came into this and i didn't go through all of them but i thought about like the first 10 or 12 episodes or something and what i would do and i would have previously said the moth a low 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 rent but the more even taking notes was such a chore for this episode like on a full rewatch yeah i can get through it just because i can watch it and you know i can put it on in the background and get it done with but when he's taking notes it's just like oh that's a whole new level um and just even now it, it was already going to be a bin it was going to be a high bin can that be a thing sure um, well, it can be it can be a lower or a high rent i mean so well it, it was going to be a high bin, but even just talking now, my opinion has changed even worse. When we talked about you brought up some of the bad stuff and then just the script, the more we talked about it, it's just how bad, how, like, what separates Lost is it's not a traditional TV show with manufactured situations and bad things. Like, you can ask three times and stuff like that. And this just falls into, I don't know what else Paul Binney and Jennifer Johnson have written for, but it just screams bad 90s. Uh, manufactured TV show. Um, well, Paul Binney apparently is a lo- five-time... Uh, Dinny, sorry, Binney. <laughs> um, <he, laughs> <laughs> it is Paul Binney. He's a five-time Emmy Award winner for his writings on The Tiny Toon Adventures, Batman the Animated Series, <laughs> Batman Beyond, and the new Batman... So he's an animated writer. Yeah, that explains a ton. <laughs> that explains so much. Um this does feel like an animated thing. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't think I'd be... The, it's not only the first we had a different uh, thing, but I didn't think I'd be the first to bin. Um, but, yeah, the moth is not great. Um, so, I just... I, the other day I found... Um, yes, I know I'm a nerd, but uh, when I watched the show in 2015, I think it was, as I watched it, I ranked every single episode of this show. Um, yeah. And I, <laughs> we ranked 442 yeah, survivor contestants, Noah. Uh, um, I mean, we can't really say that one thing's better than the other. But I think it could be because my opinions have definitely changed for a lot of these episodes. But I mean, if you're interested, I can read out. Please do. Uh, two years ago, what? So I had the moth at 90th out of 111 episodes. Wow. Um, so it was it was already low, but now looking at some of the episodes below it, uh, like I have the. Uh, the Rose and Bernard episode below it and stuff like that. I would probably put the moth actually lower than 90 out of 111. I'm just trying um, to quickly see where on IMDb it's rated. <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty much in the middle of IMDb's ratings. Uh, it got a 8.6 from the users. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. Well, that was Binny's family. Um, <laughs> but the show, uh, but this will not actually be the lowest ranked charlie episode for me and not just in my 2015 rankings but also in uh like this time around there's definitely going to be a being charlie episode coming up um i'm just trying to quickly look 
to catch up if I can find some of the... I put White Rabbit 15th. Maybe a bit high for White Rabbit. Um, Walkabout, I had in 11th place. What's your number one? Pilot, I... Well, we'll get to that. So we haven't uh, had it yet. Pilot, Pilot, I had second, which is pretty high for the Pilot. Um, and what else was there? Tabula Rasa and House of the Rising Sun. See if I can... This is great podcast. 42 for Tabula Rasa. And House of the Rising Sun, if I can quickly find it. I had it 70th, so that's okay. caught up. Um, we'll probably forget to read them out every week, but, yeah. you know, it's kind of interesting. Do you have um, any trivia or tidbits or from what's our book writer's <laughs> woman's name? Stupid woman? Oh, uh, Nikki Stafford. She's oh. not stupid, but just sometimes she's a bit... Oh, it says here, uh, you all, everybody, by drive shaft available at abc.com's lost site. Obviously not now, but that answers your question about... Um, about that. Uh, interesting facts. Damon Lindelof claims to have seen a television show where a drunk audience member got up and shouted, "You all, everybody, acting like you're stupid people wearing expensive clothes." <laughs> Those become the only lyrics to Drive Shaft's hit tune. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's where they got that from. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for Nikki Stafford's book this week. Not much for the moth because there's really not much to write about. Um. So that's it. We got through it. Uh, next week, we move on to Confidence Man, which I think it falls into a bit of the same trap of the moth of having just kind of manufactured stalling filler drama. But it's a huge improvement. Uh, we get our first Sawyer. I think it's a good one. First time we're moving away from why were they in Sydney or Australia flashbacks, um, which will be a change. And... Yeah, all around, I think it's a decent episode. I'm not going to come out and say it's a classic, but, you know, we're kind of in that middle round where House of the Rising Sun, Confidence Man. So I'm excited to talk about some Sawyer now. We're, we're, we're ready for Sawyer, I think. I like it. Um, I, yeah, I think it's Sawyer has kind of has gone over as somebody who, like, I hated the first time I watched his show, but he's he turned into one of my favourites on a second time around. So uh, I enjoy Sawyer, and I think he's got, like, some very interesting... kind of like, I guess... Um, you know what we're saying an episode ago with uh, with Jin, how kind of we've got this one-sided viewpoint of him right now, thinking who he is, and then kind of when we see just a little bit of his background and kind of the reveal about the letter, you know, it it, it does explain a bit about him that he's actually got a bit of a heart and just kind of it, it's it, it's intriguing. I love kind of I remember seeing this episode for the first time, just dying to know what this letter is and who he is and like just like what the hell this means. So um, yeah, I, I really like it, and I also really like the fact that we get a bit more Boone and Shannon uh, in the next episode too. Yeah, quite a bit more, actually. Yeah, they're almost the central. I mean, let's be honest, they kind of are the central point because without sort of the incident that's happening to Shannon, um, then Story is not getting bashed. So yeah, and Boone does get lose bashed. One of them. <laughs> Yeah, but what's new? Poor boy. Um, so that's it for another week. We got through the moth. The moth has escaped. It's gone. Um, the bloody moth. So uh, make sure you give us some feedback. Uh, we've been getting some great feedback so far on these episodes as we go by week to week. So that's really nice to hear from you guys. Um, and uh, Yeah, thanks for the, all those emails and Facebook <laughs> messages. Um yeah, tell us what you thought of the moth. Is it a bin? Is it a rent? Or, God forbid, is it a buy? Um, I'm sure there's some fans of the moth out there. So, yeah, interesting one. Looking forward to confidence, man. In the meantime, my name is Noah and on the moth. 
And my name is Ben, and I'm just going to go watch two women have relations with each other. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.